Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about long-term food storage. So, I don't know, as the world gets more and more chaotic and, uh, you know, governments talk about uh, threatening their people like in Richmond and, and you see all this craziness going on in Virginia, um, you could end up in a world where I, I don't know, like you remember they had Charlotte and they keep going back to that, you know, where they had the riots and the craziness. And, you know, you have, you could have where you have like martial law where you can't go out for a week or, you know, whatever, or, you know, where things are just dangerous to go outside where people are throwing bottles at each other and, and bad stuff. Or maybe, you know, Iran gets their stuff together and decides to mess with us for real. Who knows? But Either way, it's good to have a plan. It's good to have a plan for food storage. Um, if you guys remember back, it wasn't all that long ago that we had, you know, all those problems in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, Katrina before that. New York's had some little hurricanes that were disruptive for a week or so if you were in the coast there. And, you know, you need to plan, you need to be ready. And part of being a prepper is being prepared, right? You know, the, the podcast is the survival and badass podcast, right? So survival, well, if you want to survive, that's where that whole prepper thing comes in and being prepared for whatever comes your way. So having a good supply of food on hand and knowing how to preserve and store the food that we get um, the food that we have, the vegetables you have in the garden, um, the meat that you catch when you go hunting, know how to make that meat and stuff last, especially in a situation where you might not have power or refrigeration. Those kind of things are really important. And survival, it comes down to what your body needs. Now, Kevin has a breakdown of what we're really looking for each day and in order to really thrive, right? Yeah, now there's there's the basic rule of threes when it comes to prepping, and it's uh, what is it? Three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Um, those are really you know, that's that's really a broad spectrum when it comes down to three days without or three weeks without food. Right. The, the truth is, you're not going to make it three weeks without food unless you're under perfect conditions and. You get in about about 
I'd say about a week in a food without any food at all. And you're starting to do permanent damage to your body. You know, it's not, it's not that you can survive and come back and then you eat a peanut butter sandwich after three weeks and you're fine. You're going to have, you know, you're going to start with basically first, your body's going to eat your fat, right? And it's going to, you're going to sap all your nutrients, your vitamins, all your stuff like that. Then you're going to, your body's going to start eating your food, your, your muscle. And then after that, it's going to start eating your organs and you're going to have like serious, you know, serious damage to your body. So the first thing I'd say when it comes to food storage is, uh, multivitamins, you know, get those, have them in your cabinet. You can take them every day. It, it right now, even it doesn't, it doesn't make a big difference. You know, honestly, if you're eating healthy every day, multivitamins aren't even a necessary thing, but when you are going without food and you know, if you have an extra 20 pounds to lose, that's going to last you a little while. If you've got multivitamins with you, you know, you're not going to start losing coordination. You're not going to be confused. You know, most of the calories that you use up during the day are used up by your brain. Even if you're sitting in bed, not doing anything, you're using up a lot of calories. You know, we talk about a uh, 2,000-calorie diet, and it's, you know, a day, 2,000 calories a day. And, uh, you know, that's for a healthy, active person. Right. And assume um, in a survival situation, though, you're going to be active, especially if you're trying to secure more food, more supplies, or protect your family. These are kind of things, you know, or if you're bugging out. This is stress on your mind and your body that's going to take up more calories. You know, the three weeks is if you're kind of laying there, you know? Exactly, exactly. And you bring up uh, bugging in or bugging out. And I think there's a big difference between the two, you know, between the the, what you want to save food-wise and how you want to store your food versus, you know, if you're bugging out, it's a whole kind of different set of of stockpile. Now, wherever you're bugging out, you should be um, stockpiling food as you go, you know. But if you're at your house day to day, you're going to want a couple of days uh, that you can load up in your car, load up in your backpack that you can bring with you that you're not going to have to forage on your way to get there. Um, So some of those things are, you know, we've talked about uh, some of these stuff. One of the best uh, bugging out food sources that I've looked at and that I've used myself are MREs, the, the military, uh, meals ready to eat. Right. They're nice and and high calorie. Yeah. $3,000, uh, 3000 calories per, per meal on those. So you can really get by on one per person per day and still have plenty of energy and they taste terrible. And they're not really expensive. They're about five, six dollars a package if you, you know, if you buy, you know, in bulk. Right. Now there are different companies that sell them and the calories may vary, but a true traditional one that they're handing out to your warriors out there, they are in that three thousand calorie neighborhood. Right. And obviously there's there's Mountain House and there's a bunch of different brands that make the, you know, kind of uh uh, the MREs where you just add hot water type type thing. Now, and I know we've talked about water storage and this isn't a show about water storage, but you really should have, think about it as, as a gallon a day per person that you have per day. So that's the bare minimum. So if you get, you know, a five gallon jug of water in your base, in, in your basement that you keep for your water, you know, that's really not going to, last all that long if you don't have anything coming out of your tap or you don't have have another source for water um now another uh thing that's that's uh great for bugging out is freeze drying and uh we'll talk about that in a little bit because bugging in bugging out you know it's pretty good for both of those mm-hmm. um jerky is another great thing for bugging out uh, trail mixes. I like to make my own trail mix when I'm bugging out, you know, when I'm going hiking and, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of stuff that you can get that's kind of expensive that, you know, you can buy prepackaged and stuff, but whatever, you know, do your own thing with that. Um, but what I really wanted to do is talk about food storage for bugging in. Okay. Now, what are the types of foods you like to store in your house long-term? 
Twinkies, they last forever, right? Right. Perfect. They taste terrible. I don't know what the thing is with Twinkies, though. No, I don't like. I don't like them. I don't know anybody that gets Twinkies. They just, you know, people like tw- Twinkies just because the, uh, you know, the creamy filling. Yeah, creamy filling, right? Well, we just have a couple jars of uh, whipped cream, you know, and that and that's your your survival, uh, you know, right. setup there. Yeah, um, I mean, my plan is to uh, skin the cat, stick the. Uh, the whipped cream up his asshole and just fill it up. Ready to go. Meet Twinkie right there. Uh, that's disturbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how it turns into that. So now yeah, a pretty go good a pretty good uh source of of nutrients that you know you can easily store in your house are like canned beans and rice. You can okay. get black beans that'll last for, you know, that they'll last for six to seven months, maybe even a year. You know, right. if you buy that stuff at the dollar store, just when you're buying canned food, just as a note, you know, take a look at the expiration dates on those and they're not set in stone, but if you buy it at a dollar store, chances are the expiration date is rolling up soon. Right. You know, if you buy it yeah. at the grocery store, it's, there's so going to be a difference there. Just pay attention before you buy it. Um, You also mentioned the big bags of rice. Now, the big bags of rice can go a long way. And it's funny because like you think of the little like Uncle Ben's 90 second rice and it's like $1.50 or two bucks to make your rice for the dinner, you know, when you do it that way. But then you can spend nine bucks or 10 bucks at Sam's Club and you can buy a 25 pound bag of rice. And you think about it, you know, one cup will put, you know, give people a reasonably full belly for a meal for your, a family of four, even maybe two. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, that was the only food too. Right. And four, if you're trying to stretch your meat out by adding that rice to it, it's going to help fill bellies. So people aren't hungry. And honestly, when you're doing a lot of active things, those carbs aren't bad to have. Yeah. Um, I will say buying the long-term storage from one of these companies like wise food storage or my Patriots Ply any of these companies, um, you're going to do good also. But when you pick your purchases, think about where you're spending the money. One, look at the calories, see what's really, you know, what you're getting for your money, what you're going to get, but where you're going to win with these, especially like wise has a like protein or meat bucket, but you got to even watch with that there. Cause a lot of it's like, well, beef and rice, Well, then that's not really a meat bucket. You know, if we're just isolating it, you're putting a lot of filler in there too. But just be aware of what you're getting. Buy a lot of solid things, but then, you know, that are high protein is what I meant by solid. You know, solid calories, real calories that are going to, you know, give nutritional value and stamina. But two, get some nice things. Um, And I know we had done a podcast a while back and I just bought – they had like brownie mix or something from my Patriot supply. And I was like, yeah, I just bought like, you know, 50 servings of brownies because the world may be shitty, but I'm going to be eating brownies every other week, you know, whatever right. it is. And somebody went out and looked and they were like, my Patriot supply doesn't have brownies. And I'm like, oh, well, they did when I bought them. <laughs> so maybe that's why it was the sale. I was getting the like, we're, we're clean, we're scraping the barrel, you know. Right. So whatever. But my point is, it doesn't have to be brownies. Buy some comfort things. Um, Maybe for your kids, it's bananas to put on the pancakes. I know I had read one of the prepper novels a long time ago. And the kid was like obsessed with pancakes with, you know, something on it. And the guy just bought as much freaking pancake batter, you know, like Bisquick or whatever at, right. at Sam's Club. And you can buy those big bins and that will buy you a lot of meals, especially right. if you have, you know, chickens where you can add the eggs to it to make, you know, to make the pancakes with Bisquick. But also you can buy pancake mix that doesn't require milk or eggs or anything. Right. Be conscientious, you know, whether you have chickens or not, be conscientious when you're buying the uh, the pancake mix. Because some is, you know, instant, just add water, and some of it you have to add eggs. Milk, oil, whatever. You don't want to find yourself with a bunch of pancake mix and no eggs and uh, not be, you know, 
That's going to end up tasting like shit. Always make your best quick biscuits. And if nothing else, that's, you know, you you make your little ones. We used to do them on the camping trips where you'd kind of just stir up the dough balls and kind of make them. And at least it's filling your belly and it's got something there. But the point is plan sufficient protein for your family for long term. Now, hopefully this is all going to be to supplement your already ongoing food production that you have at your house. Um, If you're a prepper, you know, you need to, if you're living in a city, you need to take extreme measures on buying, you know, substantial food storage. And I know you're like, well, then I don't have anywhere to store it and whatever. Well, then get out of the city. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Or at least have a, a plan to bug out, you know, to your other residents or with your brother or with your cousin or with your best friend, Lucy, you know, whatever, have a plan. But the bottom line, realistically, you need to have a way to supplement your food storage. And that's part of, you know, what we're going to get into in the second half here is, is ways to preserve and store like your summer gardening or when you go hunting in the fall and, and you, you know, you bag a deer and, and ways to actually keep that meat going. So you're not forced to eat an entire deer in two days or, you know, share it with your friends because you have no way to preserve it. So these are things to look into now, but also some of the, when you're ordering this, you know, my Patriot supply or whatever, if you're buying food, buy stuff that is going to supplement what you already are able to produce and start thinking how those two things will interact with each other. And definitely, as long as you're rotating through it, you can do a lot of things like the Bisquick and the rice and the stuff like that. But that's stuff that you should kind of have a plan for to get through it in a year naturally on your own. And then, you know, and then the longer term stuff should be the stuff for my Patriot supply. Now, realistically, if you just bought a hundred hours worth of rice and um, rice flour and uh, um, Bisquick, which flour with baking soda or whatever, you know, baking powder. I never remember which one's which. They always confuse me. But if you bought $100 and then even had to throw it out or give it away to somebody because it's nearing the end of the expiration and replaced it every year or every two years, whatever the life is on that, that isn't the end of the world because it saves you from going the other way, you know, of not having anything or having a, you know, buy tons of stuff that's at such a premium, you know, that kind of calories, you're going to spend a thousand dollars for just a hundred hours worth of two year storage. You're going to spend a thousand to buy from a company like wise or something like that for it to last 25 years. And that's where Kevin and his genius, um, what is it? Uh, like freezer bags and what else you got going here? Evaporator, dehydrator. What yeah, are we doing? Well, I wanted to get in. A, there's a couple of different ways to uh, to make some food, you know, really? uh, from the grocery store last a little bit longer. And uh, you know, you're talking about rice. I just want to touch on real quick. Okay. You're talking about rice storage, and and uh, when I was a youngster, I remember a uh, uh, guy used to come and stay with us from India. Uh, he ran a Bible college out in uh, in Nagaland, India. Uh, His sure, name was Chuba, Chuba Ow. Sure, and, Chuba. Uh, he, uh, I always remember him talking about, you know, how they ate there. And it was just two meals of rice every day. And on Sundays, they would add meat to it. There you go. You know, so it's like uh, you really can live on, on rice. And a lot of people all over the world do. Yeah. Um, so some stuff that you can buy just to have in the house long term wise. You know, we talked about rice. Peanut butter is is uh, six to seven months. It's good for if you keep it in the fridge. And it's three months if you just have it in the cabinet. Um, honey, jam lasts about a year. Honey, it says two years on the uh, expiration date. That's what everyone's agreed upon. But it really, if you keep it in a dry place, it'll last forever. Right. As long as it doesn't get exposed to bad stuff, honey right. will last forever. Right. Uh, pasta, they last for a long time. And one of yeah. the things with pasta is, um, if you throw it into the freezer for a couple of days before you put it out, it'll kill almost everything that is going to, going to do damage to it long term, And it'll mm. add, you know, it'll add six months to the life of that, that pasta. 
and dry pasta lasts a long time already. It's a long own. time. Yeah. Right. Uh, jars of pasta sauce because got to marinara sauce, you know, jarred tomatoes. That, that stuff is great. Another thing that's important to have on hand is salt. Yes. Um, you, salt can use, be used for almost all your meats just to, just to add, you know, just to add some present, you know, some time to it. Uh, oil. It's good to have your fats with, with the food that you're having. That adds a lot of stuff to it. Coffee, ground coffee and coffee beans is great. Um, yeah, flour. Can... Now flour lasts a lot, lasts a long time. And I was talking to somebody this week, uh, that told me that they used to use their, they used to, when they were, uh, weren't able to get to a grocery store frequently, they'd store their f- flour by making it into hard tack, which mm. is basically flour and water. And it bakes into like a, a really shitty, awful tasting bread, but it lasts forever, you know, and you can just, you know, you can just stack it up and put it in a, in a, you know, a Ziploc bag and it'll, you know, last in the cabinet without refrigeration for a long time. But, you know, also it tastes terrible. To each um, his own, right? Yeah. Another thing that's that's good to have on hand is things like, spi- you know, spices. You know, seasoning pepper, um, ground dried garlic, uh, all that sort of stuff that makes the awful food taste a little bit better. You know, right. Tabasco sauce is, is another thing that's great. You can sit that in a cabinet and not have to think about it for a long time. And I tell you what, Tabasco makes everything taste a little bit better. At least oh, yeah. bad things taste less bad because it covers it up. There you um, go. Kevin's ready are, to put it on ice cream, so watch out. What's that? Kevin's ready to put it on ice cream, so watch out. That's right, man. Everything. Everything that people eat, I, I put Tabasco on it. Um, all right, so let's talk about dehydrating foods. Uh, that's It's really a simple process. Yes. Um, but you're really limiting, you know, limiting the, the food storage. Th- this is a great idea if, say, the power goes out and you've got a bunch of things in your refrigerator and the, you know, the electricity, the, the refrigerator isn't working anymore. All that food is just going to be garbage soon. So what can you do to really kind of, you know, preserve some of that stuff to make it last for a few weeks, a few months? Um Dehydrating is a great way to do this. And, you know, if you have a separate water uh, heat source like uh, propane or, you know, a wood stove or a smoker, these are really, you know, get all your meats in there. Take a, you know, a, a freezer is great for saving a, a half of a cow, you know, for mm-hmm. your meat for the summer. But if that goes out, you know, you can smoke all that stuff. And get it going, and just just keep it keep it smoking, and keep the meat turning over, and and you know really stretch that meat out for a long time. So uh-huh. dehydration is great for for fruits and things like that too, apple slices and pineapple and a lot of that sort of stuff. No, exactly. And the thing is, like, even if you uh, you weren't able to. Uh, buy the the ron paul uh big harvest right dehydrator or whatever or his is uh freeze drying isn't it um Mm -hmm. i guess he freeze dries it and that's awesome if you can pull that off but when it comes to dehydration uh the big thing is you want to get moisture away from the food and right if you can uh if nothing else you could take your vegetables or especially your fruit and lay it out in the sun on screens and it will, once you get rid of that moisture by letting it bake in the sun, it will last, you know, you're going to be able to get through the winter if you're able to put it in a protected area. You know, you can't leave it out where flies are landing on it and all kinds of crap like this. But if you dried everything out and then put it in jars or something, you'd be able to store it or even in a dry sack that's, you know, going to keep it away from things getting into it. This is something that you could have at least through the first half of the winter, you could keep that fruit going on. Um, And next, you know, later on, we're going to talk about root cellars and and some other options, but being able to keep fruit and vitamins going all year long is going to do great things for your body. Yeah, I think, um, 
you know, you're talking about uh, moisture levels and yes. drying. Drying is really good. And that gets about 80% of the moisture out of the, the food. And that really, you know, the three things that, that you really need to be careful uh, when it comes to storing food is heat, moisture, and air. Mm-hmm. And the more moisture you can get out of something, the better. So dehydrating gets about 80% of the moisture out. Now, and that's why it doesn't you, last forever. That's right. why like you, freeze drying or something wins. Right. Right. And you can, you can get, um, uh, silica gel packets and those, I mean, I can't understate how, how useful that stuff is putting it in with that. Um, but when it comes to, uh, freeze drying, I was looking up a, a couple of different freeze dryers and, uh, they're a lot, honestly, they're, they're pretty da- damn expensive. Yeah. You're looking for spending, looking at it, spending over a thousand dollars, uh, getting a freeze dryer. Um, it seems like, uh, all, every place I looked at was, had this harvest, right. Uh, yeah, company yeah. that did the freeze drying. Right. I don't, I can't tell you if they're good or bad. Cause I don't, I don't have having any of them. But. When I had looked into them in the past, they were like around five grand. So right. we were paying, but they were pretty big. I mean, you're, you're doing volume, right? It's kind of like you're doing your farm and, you know, maybe if you had like a CSA, they call it a, a community share program kind of thing. Basically people buy a share of your produce and they come over and they get a week's worth of groceries kind of thing or you know a, a week's worth of farm products and then they buy their other shit or whatever a lot if you were doing something like that where you're serving a large number of people one of these is worth doing um if you were you know a, even a, a group of preppers survivalists that wanted to kind of work together have a kind of community mindset in your preps then something like that might be something worth considering. But on the individual level, there's probably more efficient ways you could spend your money, I guess would be the answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that um, the, the pluses of, of freeze dry. Now, a freeze dryer works by basically what it's doing is freezing the, the food that you put in there. And it crystallizes, the, the ice does, the, the moisture. And then you slowly heat it up and it goes directly from frozen to uh, gas evaporated, right? right? Gas. And it's basically what you're doing is you're, you're uh, saving the structure of the food. The food say it stays the same, you know, structure and the moisture goes out and is evaporated and that food, you know, you, and you can freeze dry basically anything. You can freeze dry meats. You can freeze dry fruits. Uh, a lot cream. of the stuff I saw was, was meats and it was, it looked like it was really not a big deal and it didn't taste all that bad. Now, mm-hmm. the other plus of freeze drying is you're not damaging any of the nutrients. Right. Uh, you basically are saving all the nutrition in the, of that food as you freeze dry it. And, um, you know, you can add, add freeze dried stuff to a lot of the other stores that you have to, uh, to make them taste better. You know, you can add, add it to oatmeal, cereals, you know, breads, all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's a little expensive to get started. And if you got started with a small one, you honestly, the truth is you're not going to need a huge one unless you're really doing massive amounts of food for more than just yourself and your family. Right. Like I said, it pays if, you know, you're able to service a, you know, a larger group utilizing your vegetables, but for the individual family, 5k is a big expense. I don't know. I'd rather have a tractor. That's what I'm telling you. (laughs) There you go. Now, uh, what do you think about, um, smoking foods? Have you done any, uh, meat smoking? I, I would say, well, I have on small levels and I, mm-hmm. I want to kind of get into it more now that, uh, I'm hopefully going to be setting up a new homestead here. I'm going to, uh, I, I actually bought a lot of parts to build it. Um, I, I went to, uh, tractor supply and they have, uh, the big like iron door. So if you're going to do like the, uh, the barrel fire pit kind of thing. So I got the big iron door to set up, you know, for smoking and, and stuff like that. So, I have, I have big plans, but I, I've only done it on small scales where like you think like the grill kind of ones or where you funnel the smoke in and, and smoke it all up to 
to cook it. But it basically goes in three levels where you have drying, like you were talking about earlier, where you're going to take some salt and some heat in order to get rid of that moisture. And that's how you can get, you know, a little above that 80%. Then you have curing where you're just using a ton of salt to really just suck all the moisture out of there. That's a different level. And that's something where you don't use heat really at all. Then you go into smoking, which is where basically you use the heat from the smoke in order to get rid of the moisture and it clears it out. Um, we actually did a podcast way back. You can kind of dig through the archives on a, on a smokehouse and, and smoking um, if you want to get a little more into it. But uh, no, it's really a, a great thing. And obviously people now are really into smoking for the taste. Um, technically, if you can dry out the meat with the smoking, it'll last a very long time. Typically, people will only have it last like two or three months. Um, It's just really how well and how perfect you can do it. The big thing is the outside ends up becoming completely dry and and like hard. Like think of the like crunchy skin you get on, you know, the outside of a ham or whatever like that versus like the inside still stays moist. And that's why you still don't have that indefinite. However, if it is perfectly sealed around the outside, it should last. But again, that's, you know, check out the smoking episode. There's a million uh, books and videos on smoking and you can kind of decide how long you can stretch things and and get a better feel once you have a better understanding of how it all works. Yeah. Now, um, I don't have any experience in canning stuff. That's one of the things that, uh, as far as a, a prepper goes, I feel like it's, one of the places I'm lacking. What's one of the reasons I like doing this show is because it, you know, I get caught. Uh, you're maybe you're not that great of a prepper after all. Cause you don't know how to do this thing. Or you don't know much about that. Now I know your, your missus, uh, had done a little bit of canning. Is that, is that she, right? She does the canning. I, I stay away from it. Um, basically what, what happens is you're going to end up sealing it in a jar You're going to bring it up to, I think it's 220 degrees and you're going to kind of keep it going for like 20 minutes. However, there are very specific recipes and things that you can can. And if you don't fully understand the process, you need to be very careful of it because you have to be very aware of what is getting canned and make sure that it's not something that's going to still, you know, grow bad things. And that's where people get into trouble. So if you're the amateur and don't really understand it all, if you follow the specific recipes, don't double them, don't deviate from them. You'll be able, you know, the kind that you find from that ball company who make the glasses and and that kind of stuff, the jars, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They have a million cookbooks and whatever. You want to stick right with their stuff and not be like, well, I'm the creative chef and I can do this. You want to, because even the proportions end up making a difference. So you want to be aware of it until you understand the process. Now, there's a million books out there, and I'm not the guy who can explain that whole process to you. I'm the guy who can look at the directions and the recipes in my ball jarring and canning uh, catalog there and follow the process, you know? So that's that's really how you need to approach it. Yeah, now... I think uh, if you guys are interested in that, you know, send an email or, or let us know uh, on the Facebook page. I've got a couple of people that have been talking about uh, that do some canning. And maybe maybe we can have one on the show and really get in depth with the canning. I mean, I, to me, that seems to me, uh, seems like it's a, a a really useful talent and useful skill because you can do that, you know, after the power's out, after you know. After everything else, they've been doing it for hundreds of years, you know, not hundreds of years, but decades. They've been doing, you know, canning. And it's really a simple process once you get it down. Now, and when you have the proper equipment. Darren in the Prepping Badass group, who has uh, that Murray Mayhem there, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, yeah, I don't know that he has, I, I think your best way, if you, he, he has some uh, knowledge on, on canning and cooking like that. And he actually was recommending that was one of the ways we should look into. 
Um, you might want to reach out to him, see if he has any video resources. Um, you can definitely find him in the group and I'm sure he'd be happy to point you in the direction of some videos he has or whatever. I know he was having a little trouble with his YouTube channel, but I'm sure he can point you in the right direction of what you need to do. Is he? It's all set. All right. So then I know he has some videos on that kind of stuff that you might want to check out. So. All right. Now root sellers. Okay. Root sellers are one of my favorite, uh, my favorite, you know, food storage ideas and, and, and things that I do. I think that, I, you know, and a food store, uh, root cellar is simple. You know, you can go all out and dig a big hole in the ground and, and line it with concrete and set up the shelving and, and, you know, things like cabbage and, and carrots and potatoes, you can really add a lot of lo- um, long-term storage with things like that. And it, but a lot of people get overwhelmed by the whole root cellar idea. And the truth is you can make one in your basement if you have one. You know, it, it really needs uh, three sides to, um, you know, that are, that are underground, that are touching the ground, that really kind of keep the, the heat in. And uh, if you you know, put it up in the, in the, the Northern corner of your basement and just build a wall around the front, you know, the side and the top that you insulate it in. You can make a small root cellar, you know, for, for a hundred bucks or less, you know, yeah, just getting the insulation in there and, um, you know, really adds a, a, you know, keeping, keeping food refrigerated like that without a refrigerator can really add a long, time to the the life of your you know your root vegetables yeah exactly it is the root vegetables that hence they you know the root cellar kind of thing mm-hmm. it's just that that's those are the kind of stuff that's gonna thrive you know that's gonna really benefit from the uh extra temperature you know the extra couple colder degrees so mm-hmm. and you know i think a lot of people uh shy away from potatoes because you got to dig them up and it seems like a big project potatoes are so easy to grow so easy you're growing you can grow them in pots you can grow them you know you can grow them outside in the ground and just dig them up and and put them in there it's such a simple thing to do you know i i've found uh uh, potatoes just growing in my compost bin from throwing old uh you know potato skins and chunks in there and it, they'll just grow on their own. They're really simple to grow. Right. And, and they're really also, easy to store. You can store potatoes for a long time. I think they're underrated. Yeah. Um, um, garlic so, is another uh, great garlic, asset right. that is super easy to grow where it takes little effort to plant it. And that's something you don't have to be the genius at collecting seeds and drying them and whatever. You just you know, set the whole bulb, I guess, aside. And then when you're ready to plant in the fall, you just separate the cloves and drop them in the ground. Basically you push them in about an inch. Um, you can watch YouTube for about 20 seconds and they'll show you how to do it, but you just basically put it in, push it about a half inch to an inch into the ground and they'll sprout right up in the spring and you just go out and grab them. And your one clove is going to turn into a whole bulb and you can kind of redo that every year. And after you do it a couple of years, you'll find that you're getting garlic everywhere without any effort. Cause when you go to harvest them, you'll end up missing things here and there. And it just kind of, you end up with like a garlic patch. It just, right. you know, runs away and having that seasoning and, and also it would, I'd imagine it'd be a great barter item, you know? Right. I mean, and it's, you know, it's great health benefits with garlic and there's great, you know, it, it helps with mixing it with the salt as far as um, mm-hmm. keeping food. And you're right. I'm, I mean, if even if your neighbor grows, you know, tons of vegetables and, and stuff like that, if they don't have garlic, they're going to be very happy to trade, you know, trade a basket full of cucumbers for a, uh, you know, for a clove of garlic. Right. And also, you know, you were saying people, uh, you know, kind of iffy on potatoes, those easy potatoes, 
when you mm-hmm. add garlic or also onions, which aren't that hard right. to grow, you're going to really, uh, you know, get some benefits there. And, so. and potatoes, when it comes to potatoes, the freeze dryer is great for that. That's, okay. uh, you know, if you're thinking about getting in and freeze drying, potatoes are, are a great way to go. Um, yeah, so overall, you know, what I'd like to impress on, upon people is that if you can can match up like uh, getting your nutrients and your calories in, you can go a lot longer than, um, you know, than eating whatever it is that you can find here and there. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, to vitamins, you can get creative with that sort of stuff. You can get one multivitamin that has, you know, all, you know, 100% of your daily everything on it. You can get vitamin C, vitamin B individually. You can do Viagra and Oxycontin, whatever it is sure, that you need. Whatever. You want to store up on Adderall? Go through your favorite vitamins, it, right? Get, yeah, get that shit going. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what, man. You know, a, we're always a Viagra and, and a multivitamin every day is going to keep you ready to go. Ready it's, to go. It's time to rock and roll, man. I always feel like we're doing so good and then it just somehow flies off the rails, you know? Yeah. Well, a little bit of Adderall and a little bit of Viagra every day is going to keep your fucking life going. Get shit Be cooking, on top man. of your game, huh? That's Sounds right, great. man. So, now, uh, yeah. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, let us know some of your, your food preservation ideas. I'd love to hear about it. Um, anybody that's into canning, let us know and, and get on the Facebook page. Uh, you can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Uh, survival prepping on our Facebook page. And uh, we, I always love to hear from, from everybody that's out there that's doing the same sort of stuff. I learned so much from, from uh, you know, seeing you guys and hearing what everybody else is up to. Oh, exactly. So also, uh, if you are appreciating it and uh, you want to keep things going and maybe, just maybe, you want one of the few remaining prepping badass patches that we still have, Mm -hmm. um, you could uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, It's patreon.com slant prepping badass. And you spell it like it sounds. Uh, Actually, Phil and Brock both uh, decided to start supporting us this month on Patreon. And I will be sending them out patches. And that means our supply is dwindling. I know we've said that in the past, but then Kevin found like 12 more hidden in his underwear drawer or something. Right. You know, hey, things are looking up. Just take it as a positive. Yeah, the missus works at a patch company, so we got got that. We'll have to make up some more here. New style, new design, something like that. If any of you guys are artists and you'd like to see a a specific something, man, we'd love to see some uh, artwork and some ideas. Right. Well, also... Uh, if you guys remember, now somebody did send us artwork and we didn't go with it. And I think we made some bad, we alienated people way back a million years ago. I don't know if if we get in trouble with that. But uh, also Hamish uh, is have brought to my attention a little recently that uh, we need to uh, look into maybe get, moving some uh, prepping badass knives. Maybe find oh, a way yeah, to sell them, give idea. them think... away, do something. Mm-hmm. Um, the big holdup was I, I had the big move and all my stuff's been in storage. Right. And now I hopefully have a new badass location mm-hmm. and I'm starting to slowly pull things out of storage, set up the new homestead. Um, you guys might see some videos and some uh, pictures coming in the near future, hopefully. The next, I, I would say, give me two or three weeks, and you might start to see some, you know, secret photos of the uh, elusive badass compound. And, uh, you know, maybe I, you uh, know, we somebody... might have to come up with some uh, contest ideas as far as because uh, I know that we have some really high end knives that are hidden away. We might have to come why. up with some sort of contest raffle type deal and uh, figure out figure out how to get some of these. Uh, you had some, what is it, Damascus steel? They're Damascus steel With, Bowie know, knives, handles and sheaths. And some we really have some, nice stuff. So some we'll nice little Skinner knives. Some mm-hmm. cool stuff going. So and and with custom uh, spanny blade uh, 
Did I say Spanny Seth yeah, before? Spanny yeah, Spanny and uh, Sheaths and uh, Handles. I might have said Hamish. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. My mind's yeah. going two different places. But uh, some custom Spanny Blade uh, Sheaths and a lot of cool stuff. So Now, have you seen uh, Have you seen this story about the, uh, the obese ISIS preacher? I did not see the, the obese ISIS preacher. They just preacher. captured this guy. He's 300 pounds uh, in Iraq. He, you know, he's been on the internet... Uh, Preaching about you know whatever beat whatever Muslims do I don't know beating women and and yeah. that sort of thing and uh, so they just uh, he was a you know trying to get like jihad shit going on sure um, they just arrested him and and they had to they had to load him in the back of a pickup truck because he couldn't fit it into a car he was so fat three hundred pounds the SWAT team went and collected him and it had to like basically roll him out out of his house. And into the back of a pickup truck to get him to jail. He was so fat. It sounds like more right. than three hundred pounds, but yeah, he's a he's a big fat fucker. <laughs> nice. You always bring up the happy thoughts, Kevin. Yeah, no, You're looking out for There's us. always some good news out there. Now, if you have some interesting things, you might want to share them in the prepping badass group, mm-hmm. or shoot Kevin the email, like you mentioned at preppingbadass at gmail dot com, or I don't know what else could they do. I guess that's it. Those are really your only two options. Yeah, we might be looking at a third, um, a third social media, uh, yeah. idea. I'm not sure what it is yet. If you guys have any ideas, apparently we you know, keep offending know. Facebook. Yeah, um, we're we've been hurting Mark Zuckerberg's feelings. You know, he's, he's a delicate flower, and we're posting uh, pictures of uh, guns online. And I tell you what, though, honestly. Uh, if you're p- posting any pictures of your firearms online, make sure that the uh, the the numbers serial on number. there, the serial yep. numbers are not visible because they're they're starting to keep track of that. Yep. Maybe just put to, a little uh, electrical tape over it, or you can or just you know put it's a not, line you know on what's it not later? illegal, which is shocking in most states. You can file the uh, serial number off of that gun without any I repercussions. I think that actually is illegal. Uh, I, I well, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> yeah. but all I'm saying is probably a good idea to do no, it. No, that is, that is illegal. Um, don't do that. You can buy a gun without a serial. Well, no, actually, you can I'm make filing, you can I'm make a gun. All the fire the serial numbers off of all my firearms as soon as we get done with the podcast. That's my next next step in life. And that that is Kevin talking. Um, yeah. for the well, I mean, yeah. just or put a, a post it over top of it when you when you. You know, put some duct tape over that serial number before you post it on Facebook. That's all. Filing serial numbers is absolutely not a good idea, and I would recommend against that. Your firearm should not have a serial number anyway. This is a (sighs) map. I mean, this is you know, it is what it is. It's not like they got a list of your name and the serial number of your firearm right next to it that the federal government is storing. They're not storing that. And that's one of the loopholes that we need to start taking advantage of. I'm not trying to get angry or upset or get anybody like uh, having their vagina hurting. I'm just saying that, you know, that's my feelings. All right. Well, take your delicate feelings just as long as the ATF knows it's Kevin. Yeah, fuck the that ATF. You need to go to, fuck not the FBI. Me. Fuck the DEA. Just uh, do what you want. Again, that this was is America. Kevin. Do what you want. We're grownups. And if you live in Australia, don't listen to any of my opinions because you'll immediately go to prison for life. Oh, my goodness. Or China. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, remember on uh, that whole show, Home Improvement on Tool Time there, and uh, Al would hold up the sign that's Tim Allen or mm-hmm. Tim whatever. And- right, right. Well, you know, if you want to be like a safe, um, you know, Non-sitting in prison kind of guy. And yeah. it would be awesome, listen to me. Because yeah. I've got the best ideas and the best opinions. <laughs> File the serial numbers off your firearms. Then post them on Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg won't know what the fuck is going on. There you go. But then secretly write the serial number on the other side for the ATF. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Or put that sticky note. Actually, they have all kinds of rules about how deep it has to be engraved and all Mm. kinds of stupid stuff. Um, So with that, 
stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week, unless you follow Kevin's advice and go to prison. Or you go to Virginia and uh, get arrested this weekend. Could go either way. Go for it. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.